1: share us with a friend. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters and by Gentle Beasts. Tonight, we'll read another story from the King Arthur series written by Maude Radford Warren, titled Sir Ivan. If you'd like to listen to the first stories in this series, you can find our episode titled The Sword Excalibur that aired on April 10th, 2020. If you'd like to listen to the whole series easily in order, go to snoozecast.com slash series. King Arthur was a legendary British leader who, according to medieval histories and romances, led the defense of Britain against Saxon invaders in the late 5th and early 6th centuries. In the last episode, we learn of Sir Ivan who, Among Arthur's knights of the round table was one who was a mixture of good and bad, as indeed most people are. He was brave, kind-hearted, and merry, but at the same time fickle, sometimes forgetful of his promises, and inclined to make light of serious things. Sir Ivan was overthrown by the evil black knight as a boy, and Ivan sets out before the others to vanquish the foe. On his way, he befriends a lion. Sir Ivan battles the Black Knight and wins, but in doing so, finds himself wounded and confined within the castle walls of the Black Knight, separated from his lion, whom is still outside the walls. He is protected at the top of the castle turret, in secret hiding, by a kind young maiden. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Secretly visited Sir Ivan every morning in his hiding spot as he recovered from his battle wounds with the evil black knight whom Sir Ivan had slain as she cared for his wounds she told him the day's news in the castle he learned that a lion kept roaring about the walls and that the castle bowmen had tried to strike it, but could not. Sir Ivan was certain that it was his lion, of course, and longed to be reunited with it, but knew that this was impossible. The maiden also told him how the people of the castle had been angry at their lady because she would not marry the black knight, But now that he was dead acknowledged her as mistress and obeyed her in everything the little maiden said she thought that if the beautiful lady were told that sir ivan was hidden she would probably see that he had a safe conduct out of the castle i want never to leave this castle said sir ivan for i love your lady This pleased the helpful maiden, for she had learned to respect Sir Ivan. So she went to the lady of the castle and told her all about the stranger. The lady had Sir Ivan moved to a rich apartment where she could visit him often and help the little maid in her care of him. She did not tell her people, however, that this stranger knight had killed their Lord as Sir Ivan recovered he soon found courage to tell her how beautiful she was and that he loved her more than anything in the world he said that if she would marry him he would stay with her forever and never seek for more adventures All he asked was that she would let in his lion, which still continued to roar outside the castle walls. When the lady heard the story of the lion, it seemed to her that if Sir Ivan were so kind to an animal, he would probably be much kinder even to her. So she said she would marry him the people of the castle saw and liked him and agreed to obey him as their Lord when they were told that the lion belonged to him and must be admitted to the castle they showed some fear Sir Ivan told them that there was no need for this For the beast was very gentle and was making noise only because of its desire for its master. He went outside the castle walls and called. Soon there was heard a loud roaring, a big yellow body bounded out of the forest and the lion came leaping to its master's feet. It frisked about him and rubbed its head on his arm, just as a favorite dog might do. When the people saw how tame it was, they were no longer afraid. Sir Ivan and the beautiful lady were soon married and for a long time, everyone was very happy. Sir Ivan sent a letter to King Arthur telling the result of his adventure. Soon the messenger returned, bearing rich gifts from the king and Guinevere, and an invitation to come to Camelot whenever they wished to. The lady, however, Persuaded Sir Ivan to promise to remain with her in her castle One day a party of the Knights of the round table rode into the courtyard They were going on a great adventure And stopped by the way to see how Sir Ivan and his beautiful wife fared When Sir Ivan saw them, all his old-time love of fighting came back, and he went to his lady and begged her to let him go with the knights. Ah, my Ivan, she said, you told me that you would never leave me. A knight ought to seek adventures, he said, and I will return to you she paused for a while and then said i will let you go if you will promise to come back in a year and a day that is next whitsuntide he gladly promised and she said if you break this promise i will never see you again But Sir Ivan was sure he would not break the promise, because he loved her too much for that. So off he rode with the knights, followed by his faithful lion. The lady and the little maiden waved farewells to Sir Ivan from the tower until they could no longer see him. Then, they again took up the life they had lived before he came to the castle. Sir Ivan rode with the knights for many months and had many adventures. At last, just as a year was drawing to a close, He started homeward. On the way, however, he stopped at Arthur's court to pay his respects to the king and the queen. They both remembered him and greeted him kindly. A great tournament was being held at that time in Camelot. the king asked Sir Ivan if he would like to take part. Sir Ivan was pleased, for he loved the display of such combats. During the three days of the tournament, he distinguished himself greatly. On the evening of the third day, As the knights were sitting in the great hall of the round table, a little maiden entered. She went up to King Arthur and gave him a ring. This ring, she said, is one Sir Ivan gave my lady. She returns it and has vowed never to see him again because he has broken his promise to her. Then, before anyone could stop her, she left the hall, mounted her horse, and rode away. Sir Ivan sprang to his feet, staring wildly, Whitsuntide had fallen on the first day of the tournament, his year and a day had more than passed, and he had forgotten his promise. He rushed from the hall and down the hill through the streets of Camelot, out of the city gate, and into the forest. He ran on and on until he fell exhausted. The next day he awoke in a fever and would have died but for his faithful lion. The poor animal tried to make Sir Ivan rise, but seeing that he could not, dragged him to the edge of a brook he could drink when he was thirsty the lion also brought him game at first Ivan would not touch it but finally began to eat it raw after a time he became better physically but his senses were gone In his madness, he wandered all through the woods, fighting with the trees and bushes. The lion always followed him, protecting him from other animals and from men. One day, when the lion was absent finding food, Sir Ivan lay asleep good hermit came up upon him and pitying his condition lifted him in his arms and carried him to his hut he bathed the poor knight cut his hair and put a robe on him he was laying him upon a bed when the lion came roaring to the door and dashed it open. When it saw the hermit tending its master, it fawned at his feet. After that, Sir Ivan spent much of his time in the hut. The lion supplied him with food, bringing meat to the hermit, who always divided it in four parts Three parts he gave to the lion, and one he cooked for Sir Ivan and himself. Sometimes Sir Ivan would run away from the hermit and wander for days in the forest. The lion took care of him and always led him back to the hermit's hut. Once, however, Sir Ivan set forth in the direction of his wife's castle. At night the lion tried to take him to the hut, but in vain. For days he wandered, always in the same direction, until at last he reached the wood where the stone platform was he laid himself down upon it and slept. Soon, a lady and a maid appeared. The lion sprang at them, but when it reached their feet, it licked the lady's hand, for she was its mistress. It took her robe and its teeth and pulled her gently to the spot where Sir Ivan lay. At first, she would not look at him because she had not forgiven him for breaking his promise. But the little maiden said, Dear Mistress, look at him. The story which the knights of Arthur's court told us about his madness must be true. If you will but look at his face, you will see that it is the face of a man who has lost his senses. Then, the lady knelt beside him. When she saw his worn features and his tattered garments she began to believe that he really had lost his senses from grief she sent the little maiden to the castle for anointment she had it was so powerful that if it were rubbed over a person who was ill it would cure him no matter what his disease was. When the little maid brought it, the lady put it upon Sir Ivan, but so gently as not to rouse him. After several hours, Sir Ivan awoke. At first, He hardly knew where he was, but soon he recollected all that had happened and seeing his lady near, begged her to forgive him. This she did and they were reconciled. Sir Ivan was sure that he would never again forget to keep a promise. For some months they lived very happily in the castle. Then they went to Camelot in order to be nearer to Arthur and the knights of the round table. Sir Balin. In Arthur's court there dwelt a poor knight named Balin, who had accidentally killed the cousin of King Arthur and had been taken to the court of the king for trial. He had lived there almost as a prisoner for six months until it was decided that he had not meant to do wrong. All his money was gone and his clothes and armor were poor. He was sorry for this, but he was still more sorry that he was not doing brave deeds like the other knights. One day, when he sat in the great hall at Camelot, Looking at the shields, which were carved or covered with gold, a damsel entered, who wore a rich mantle, trimmed with fur. As Arthur and the knights looked at her, she let it fall to the floor, and they saw that she wore a heavy sword, Damsel, said Arthur, why do you, a maiden, wear a sword? Alas, said the maiden, I should be glad if I did not wear it. It is very heavy and causes me pain, but I am forced to wear it until I meet a knight who can take it from me. Surely many knights could do that, and gladly, the Lord said. No, said the lady. It seems that there is but one knight in all the world who is to take the sword. I heard that there were brave knights at the court of King Rhines, the enemy of King Arthur. And I went there, yet no one could unfasten the sword. Now am I come here on the same errand? In truth, damsel, said the king, you are right welcome. My knights shall try to take your weapon. Then, at a sign from Arthur... A knight stepped forward but even though he exerted all his strength the sword could not be unfastened sir you need not pull so hard said the damsel the one who is to take the sword will do so easily all the knights tried except Sir Balin, who stood back because of his poor clothes. Yet he wanted very much to see if he was the chosen knight. And just as the damsel was going away, he said, Damsel, will you let me try? I'm poorly clothed, but my heart tells me that I may succeed. The damsel saw that he had a good face but his clothes were so poor that she doubted if he were really a knight. I'm afraid you'll fail, she said. Ah, maiden, he returned. Poor clothes are but the outside. Good deeds are just as worthy whether done by a rich person or a poor one. Many a man who is badly clothed has real valor and kindness. That is very true, she said. So try, good sir. Then Sir Balin seized the hilt of the sword, and the weapon came away easily. All the lords wondered. And the lady said, You are a good knight, the best I have met. You shall do many brave deeds. And now, give me my sword again. No, said Sir Balin. I should like to keep this sword, for I have no other. Alas, said the maiden, I am sorry to hear these words, for now I must give you the sword. Surely he deserves it, said Arthur, for it weighed heavily on you. Yes, she said, but it is a misfortune for him to keep it. He shall slay with it the best friend he has in the world It is going to prove his destruction. Sir Balin would not believe her. I could not slay my best friend, he said. Besides, I'm willing to meet whatever happens, and I wish to keep the sword. Then the maiden departed with great sorrow, while Balin said to the king, My lord, give me permission to leave your court. I do not like to lose you, said the king. Perhaps you are angry because you were in prison so long. You must know that it takes time to find out who is innocent and who is guilty. My lord, answered Sir Balin, I know it's not wise to make a judgment hastily and I do not blame you for keeping me in prison. I love you and wish to leave your court that I may do some deed worthy of the round table. Then Arthur said that he might go. Soon a servant brought Balin a fine horse and good armor which were the gifts of the king Balin at once took leave of Arthur and the knights and rode away singing as he rode for he was very happy sometimes he stopped to lift up his shield and admire it It had a blue emblem on it, and to Sir Balan's eyes, its beauty was that of the sky, the soft blue of heaven. Sir Balan rode until he was tired, at last, from the crest of a hill. He saw a castle and galloped towards it joyfully, hoping to rest there. At a turn of the road, he saw a cross with gold letters upon it. He stopped to read the words, which were, Let no knight go to the castle. Oh, said Sir Balin, I'm used to danger. I fear nothing. And he went on. Presently, an old man started up beside the road. He had a long gray beard. Was dressed in a long grey robe that sparkled with specks of frost. The old man said to Sir Balin, Did you not read the letters on the cross? Yes, replied Sir Balin, but I am not afraid. Oh, Sir Balin, you of all men should not go to the castle, the old man said. Why? he asked in amazement. Nevertheless, I shall go. Sir Balin, cried the old man after him, you are too self-willed. But Sir Balin rode on without fear and soon reached the gate of the castle. As Sir Balin approached the castle gate, a hundred beautiful ladies and many knights welcomed him. They took off his armor and put a rich crimson cloak upon his shoulders then they led him into a banquet hall where there was music and dancing they set food before him and he ate thankfully he was very happy And he was sure that he could
0: rest here for many days.